Well, I wanted to uh, just begin by making us remember the gospel according to Luke. And um, in, if you remember in the gospel according to Luke, there's that time where John the Baptist sends two of his disciples to Jesus um, to ask, are you the expected one or is there someone else? Right? And so Jesus answers John and he answers him with words from the prophet Isaiah. And so um, Jesus, Jesus says, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. So now I want to speak to you on Isaiah 35 because this beautiful passage of scripture that Jesus fulfills, uh, just like the hymn we sang, it shows us the glories of our God and King and the triumphs of His grace. The glories of our God and King and the triumphs of His grace. So if you want to turn to Isaiah 35 and follow along as I read. Isaiah 35 says, The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the Arabah will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will blossom profusely, and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the Arabah. The scorched land will become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals its resting place, grass becomes reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the Highway of Holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way, and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return, and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. So I just wanted to begin, really, and, and have you notice the condition of this people described here uh, as they're wandering through the wilderness. So they're Israelites, and they're pictured on a pilgrimage here in this, in this passage. And in, in this picture, they're returning from captivity, uh, and they're returning home to Jerusalem. Uh, they're wandering through a wilderness. So, so if you have that in your mind, um, just looking at the verses... And just looking at their condition, in verse 3, you see that there are those that are exhausted, with weak hands and feeble knees. In verse 4, notice that they are of an anxious or fearful heart. Now when you come to verse 5, there are the blind and the deaf. Verse 6 tells us that there are the lame and the mute among them. And then surely they're in a desert place, so they must have been often thirsty. Um, 
And, and then in verse 8, it implies that among these people, that there are the sinfully unclean and the foolish. In verse 8, there's fear of danger on their journey. And finally, in verse 10, uh, there must be much sorrow and sighing among them. But do not miss who Isaiah is speaking of here. In verse 9 and 10, you see that it is the redeemed and the ransomed of the Lord that are spoken of here. The redeemed and the ransomed of the Lord. And so, you see, there is more than physical salvation, uh, physical redemption from Israel's captivity in Babylon being foretold here. The blessings of the gospel are in view. So you'll notice that it's the word of God that comes to Israel in verse 4, where God says, Say to those with anxious heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. God comes to Israel and he brings vengeance. Their enemies will be dealt with. The nations of the world that oppose will pass through the fires of judgment. You can read about that in chapter 34. Uh, And now sin and death will be defeated. A recompense will be made for iniquity. The price of their redemption will be paid once for all by God himself in the person of his only son. And this is true everlasting salvation. And true healing follows, so spiritually blind eyes will be made to see. He opens the eyes, and he opens the ears, excuse me, of those who have been unwilling to hear the gospel for the hardness of their hearts. And those crippled by the sin of their first parents, Adam and Eve, will be given willingness and ability to walk on the highway of holiness with the Lord. And the Lord will give new life even to the tongues of his people, and those with new hearts will sing. Their hearts of stone will be taken away and they will overflow with their great Redeemer's praise. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, wrote Charles Wesley about this passage. Is he not worthy? He is worthy. Now see how he continues to provide for his redeemed ones here. He protects them from danger in verse 9 after guiding them in such a way in verse 8 that even the foolish or the simple among them are made to understand the way of righteousness. And then in the renewal of the desert, he makes provision for their journey to Zion. How does the Lord accomplish the redemption of his people? Verse 4 tells the children of Israel that God himself will come. The Almighty God of Israel will take on flesh and dwell among his people, but his glory shall be veiled in their likeness. And he shall perform signs and wonders as he goes about doing good, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, making the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear, making the lame to walk, even raising the dead, and the most vital thing, preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the poor in spirit. He shall come to seek and to save that which is lost among the sheep of his people Israel. He shall go searching for the separated ones, the ones in spiritual exile, Outcasts like lepers and the demonized, he shall call the spiritually unclean to repentance and forgiveness and set them on the paths of righteousness, the highway of holiness. And this narrow way will be made possible by his perfect life, his atoning death, and the regenerating work of his resurrection, offered as a substitute for his people that he has chosen to redeem. The ransom price of their sin will be paid in his own precious blood. 
the Lamb of God, shall be offered once for all to take away the sins of the world. A full recompense will be made for the sins of all who would believe, Jew or Gentile. Sin will be punished, and it shall please the Lord to bruise the Christ in their place. Through his death, he shall destroy their greatest enemy, the power of death. You see, the transgressions of his people deserve the wages of death, but Christ shall satisfy the just and holy wrath of God against every rebellion and sin of his elect. Sin shall be punished. Justice shall be served for his ransomed ones. And we know that God is pleased by the offering of the soul of his son since he raised him from the dead and seated him forever at his right hand. Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. As we consider Isaiah 35, the big thing that we take away, thank God, is this. We who have wandered through a burning wilderness of sin are brought by God's grace to repentance and come by faith into the presence of the Messiah who alone can satisfy our spiritual thirst. The Messiah alone can satisfy our spiritual thirst. He makes us even to have a well of water of life springing up within, and thus where once there was only a dry parched ground, there is now a heart made to flourish and to bear much fruit for Christ's kingdom. We who are the redeemed of the Lord are meant to experience the joy of his kingdom even now. As Christ reigns in the midst of his enemies, and we shall so much more rejoice in the world to come, when the shadow of this passage becomes a reality. We will come to an end of our pilgrimage uh, to a heavenly Zion and be received into the place that he has gone before to prepare for us. And there we shall even more than Israel returning from exile in Babylon obtain everlasting joy and gladness. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Notice again, he says in verse 4, that God will come and save you. Has he come to you? Has he begun a work of redemption in you like this? Do you see the condition of your soul as a barren desert apart from Christ? Do you see the remedy provided in the sacrifice of God's only Son in your place for your sin? Believer, do you see what cause you have for rejoicing? Can you behold the power and the glory and the excellency of your God? He shall make his son to be a blessing to all the earth. He shall make a wilderness, a desert, to rejoice and to flourish. One preacher said, I'd rather be in the wilderness with God's cause than in the palace with the devil's cause, for one day the wilderness should be glad, and it shall blossom as the rose. Verse 3 and 4 of this passage have a special comfort for the believer. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble, God says. Say to those with an anxious heart, take courage, fear not. And so questions, are you feeling exhausted this evening by trials of faith? Are you feeling your own weakness? Is your heart anxious or fearful? Let the words of the living God grant you comfort and strength to persevere in walking forward with the Lord. He disciplines those he loves he gives strength to the weak and support for his feeble ones. His word comes to assure the fearful who trust in him. But listen, he did not choose any of us because we were strong or brave or flourishing. He did not come to redeem those who were clean and undefiled or wise and well-off. 
He did not come to the gardens of Herod's palace to choose his disciples, but he chose his disciples uh, from the lowly sea of Galilee and the wilderness of Judea. So we see the glory and the excellency of our God in the finished work of redemption that Christ accomplished. One day by faith, we will see the renewal of the heavens and the earth described here when he returns. But the greatest wonder must always be our redemption because it cost him more uh, to redeem us than it did to create the whole universe at the beginning. So let us praise him with our hearts and our tongues. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. Amen.